It's time for the Hokie Hour on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Talk Network. Now from the Mockadoo Studio, here's Tim Donnelly. Hokie Hour getting started right here, right now on the Tim Donnelly Show. And obviously that will include conversations about uh, football recruiting. It will include conversations about Hokie basketball tonight against Miami and the top four. However, before we get to any of that, we need to make sure you're caught up on everything going on in the sports world, both in Hokie Nation and out, and that would include uh, the Gotcha Covered segment. No one has time to catch all the games. Don't worry. Tim will get you covered. And today in the sports world, everyone continues to mourn the passing of, of Kobe Bryant and the eight other individuals on the helicopter that crashed into a hillside in Calabasas, California over the weekend, and and rightfully so. We will continue to do so as well. Um, And and it's one of the few times here in the Gotcha Covered segment where I'm not going to tell you what to think. It's a complicated question. It's it's how you feel, and I can't tell you how to feel. Uh, So so you react in the way that you want to react, that that your brain and your heart is telling you to react, and, and we will all continue to do the same. Uh, again, thoughts with everyone that was in that helicopter as well as their friends and family. In the NFL, Browns have named a new GM, Andrew Barry. He is now officially the youngest general manager in the entire NFL, a five-year deal for the former Eagles vice president of football operations. As I mentioned, the youngest general manager, just 32 years of age in the entire NFL. How about this, everybody? The Browns finally realized that traditional means don't work for them. After two decades of, of just tremendously awful football, they're finally trying something new. Remember, uh, what is the definition of insanity? We've all known it since we were kids. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results were the Browns finally did something different. They're hiring a youngster with fresh ideas, new outlook on life. He's a Harvard guy. We'll see if it ends up working out for him. ACC roundup time real quickly in the the gotcha covered segment. Clemson once again puts distance between themselves and everyone else in the Atlantic Coast Conference with four more commitments on their junior day when they had quite a few talented prospects on campus, including two names that you're going to want to get to know. Corey Foreman, uh, arguably the number one recruit in the class for 2020, a six foot four inch, 260 pound defensive lineman. But that's not the most impressive part about his commitment for the Clemson Tigers. It's the fact that he is from California. Clemson once again has established themselves as an absolute national recruiting power, and the gap between them and the rest of the ACC continues to grow. With not only recruits like Corey Foreman, recruits like Jake Brinningstool, who might just be, and I say just in in sarcastic quotation marks, just the 53rd overall recruit in the country, but he's the number one tight end. It seems like every single recruit Clemson signs is pretty darn impressive. Virginia Tech and the rest are going to have to out-identify, meaning find diamonds in the rough, and out-develop Clemson if they want to achieve a lofty goal like winning the ACC. Uh, Sticking with the ACC, Virginia Tech basketball tonight taking on Miami on the road. 
Virginia Tech comes in 14 and 6, 5 and 4 in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Miami 10 and 9, 2 and 7 in the Atlantic Coast Conference, having lost six of their last seven, including their last four straight. So Miami not exactly on an absolute tear, but they do have talent. Chris Likes, 5'757 pound dynamo of scoring ability, averages just under 16 points per game. I would expect Wabisabidi to get that matchup defensively and, and battle the entire game. You look at Vasilhevic. Vasilovic, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that as correct as possible, as well as Mugusti, and that gives Miami three guards averaging 14-plus points. The perimeter defense for the Hokies will be tested, and they also have some size down low in Rodney Miller and Sam Wardenberg, both 6'10-plus, averaging at least six rebounds per game apiece. Well, guess who's out in Texas, deep in the heart of Texas? That would be Justin Fuente and Bill Tierlink, their defensive line coach for the Hokies. As the hashtag Texas2VT movement continues to grow and build, it appears as if more of their resources will be spent sending coaches deep in the heart of Texas. And here's what you need to make sure happens. If you are expending resources to put coaches there, expending time spent in Houston and the Texas area, then you need to make sure you are coming back with something. Don't make it all for naught. Find recruits that want to leave the Lone Star State and come up here to the Commonwealth or else all of this effort and and money and time ends up being for naught. Phillip Rivers, according to Jay Glazer, his career with the Chargers is over. Let this be a lesson to NFL teams everywhere. You can have a solid quarterback who's not a great quarterback for 14 years and come out exactly where you started. 14 years, six playoff appearances, just one conference championship appearance, eight Pro Bowls, 59,000 passing yards later, and they are right where they started. It's the Phillip Rivers conundrum, a.k.a. the Wheel of Mediocrity. Tim Donnelly Show continuing out of the Gotcha Covered segment here on WRAD Radio Network, 101.7, 103.5, AM, live inside the Mockadoo Studio which is an appropriate time to bring up that I will be at Mockadoo's later today. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Dude, Mockadoo's is great. It is. It, <laughs> it, it is absolutely delicious. Your uh, instinctive reaction tells me so. Um, but it is uh, the Virginia Tech tailgate show. Virginia Tech taking on the Miami Hurricanes. I will be at, um, I, I will be at Mockadoo's. Uh, 6.30 on the air, take you up to 7.30, which is when the IMG Learfield pregame uh, college or IMG Learfield college pregame show Try saying that five times will, will uh, take over with John Laser, Mike Burnup, as they will take you up to the game in Miami, which is fun for the, the Hokies, obviously, right? This is Super Bowl week in Miami, hmm. um, and they're also playing in Miami. So I would guess Whoa. there's going to be a pretty cool atmosphere, pretty cool, uh, um, uh, pretty cool vibes. Yeah, vibes, fan base. You know, everyone getting down there, sports fans in the area looking for something to do on a Tuesday. They're they're down there all week, um, and, and heading, also heading to see ACC basketball would be a good way to spend it. The weather too must be really nice down there. I've heard it's going to be like a high of seventy all week. Actually, I don't know. I, I see a seventy is not that bad. Though. Florida's ca- I know, but when you go to Florida, when you go to Miami, you want you're taking 90s. a vacation for a week. You you know you take the Super Bowl, turn it into a week. You you're, you want. You know, 90, so you can go to South Beach, you know, sun's out, guns out, let the pythons breathe a bit, get a nice little tan before you come back up north. 
Um, but but the the Hokies are playing the Miami Hurricanes. All, all of that that I just mentioned, uh, the tailgate show, the pregame show, and the game are on our sister station, 105.3 The Bear, um, and that all gets started off at 6.30. Uh, hour of tailgate show, half hour of pregame show, and and then, of course, the game broadcast as well. Um, in the meantime, it's time for the top four. It's Top Tuesdays with Tim Donnelly. Here's your top four. Top four is real simple. Uh, During basketball season, uh, it is always the top four reasons for optimism for Hokie basketball. During football season, it was always top four reasons of optimism for Hokie football. Uh, so, So top four reasons for optimism for Hokie basketball, number four. Tyrese Radford, and and here's why. Remember when I was talking about earlier when uh, when it comes to Virginia Tech football having to out-develop and out-identify uh, Clemson or, or the big recruiting powers in college uh, football? Virginia Tech basketball did that with Tyrese Radford. He was an afterthought for many other schools, right? Power 5 schools weren't giving him a chance. The Hokies did. That's out-identifying. They saw something that no one else saw. And then during his redshirt year, which was forced by academics, he developed, right? He became a, a um, better, better equipped player to deal with ACC basketball, meaning he put on weight. He hit the weight room. He is a really, really good player. And, and he plays above his size. And, and he plays um, you know, with, with the heart of a big man and the body of a, a little guy at six foot one. Um, He's a reason for optimism because he is exactly what Virginia Tech needs to do to compete with the big bad bullies in the ACC. They need to take players that everyone else saw and moved on from. And then the Hokies said, wait, 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 just a minute. I'm interested in this. And then they bring him on campus and they go, wait, 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 just a minute. I think if we put 10 pounds on this guy, in the weight room, good pounds. I'm not talking about McDonald's milkshake pounds. I'm talking about, you know, uh, like greens and weightlifting and protein and, and, and chicken breasts. Maybe a little, little milkshake. Yeah, actually, in, in college, you can eat a whole bunch of uh, milkshakes. <laughs> Man, why, why didn't I go to college for football? Uh, uh, you, can, you can absolutely crush or basketball. Um, with the amount of calories they're burning. Uh, it's probably still not good. The the Virginia Tech nutrition staff is probably going, don't tell them that, but uh, but you can. You burn a lot of calories. Um, but Tyrese Radford is a player that that is exactly what the Hokies need to do over and over and over again. They need to find those players, the diamonds in the rough, if you will, the overlooked players, the players with a chip on their shoulder. Then once they get those players, they need to develop them into the, the top of their potential. And I'm not saying Tyrese Radford's at the top of his potential, but I'm saying he's on his way. And that's why he is the number four reason for optimism for Hokie basketball. Number two. Excuse me. Number three. Number three. I need to learn to count. I think I actually said number two because I'm surprised this guy is all the way down at number three. Landers Nolly. Landers Nolly. Now, this is one that that's, might seem like a slight because this entire season, Landers has been either number one or number two. But it's... It's not, right? It's still a compliment, right? It's like finishing uh, in third in the 100-meter in the Olympic dash, or Olympic 100-meter dash. It's You're not slow because you didn't win, 
you're still faster in 99.99999% of rooms that you'll ever be in, right? Yeah, like I'd be happy if I had a bronze medal. But it, I mean, it, I'd, I'd still want the gold one, but I'd still be happy. Exactly. With the but but Landers Nolly, I'm not saying he's been a disappointment. I'm saying he's just not as overwhelmingly, unbelievably, fantastically, out of this worldly impressive as he was earlier this year. Um, he, obviously, the 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 Radford and Nolly sleeping in and missing a shoot around is not great. Um, but they're young players. Um, he hasn't been scoring quite as efficiently as he did earlier this year. Still getting his 15, 20 points a game. Still in the top five in scoring in the ACC. Still uh, a tremendously impressive scorer with a tremendous amount of scoring responsibility on his shoulders. But uh, but he hasn't been scoring quite as efficiently. And that's where he drops down just a hint. But he is still uh, number three in our top four. Number two. Don't you mean number three? I don't. I mean number two. <laughs> Lobro's getting a little, little chirpy over there. You can't just nod, Lobro. He looked at me and he shrugged his shoulders and nodded. It's radio. <laughs> uh, number two. Oh, fine, fine. I'll do I'll take this to the descriptive audio. Lobro shrugs his shoulders. Oh, like it's an uh, audio book? My wife listens to audiobooks. Those things would put me to sleep so quickly. I had a, had a friend of mine who told me he was like, like I think he was watching, uh, this is a side note, he was watching Big Hero 6, that Disney movie. And he's like, I was watching this movie and it's really good, but there's this really annoying narrator. Every time someone does something, it narrates the movie. And I was like, Are you sure you don't have descriptive audio on? So he had it playing as if it was for like someone that's blind. Or, yeah, yeah. Seeing impaired? Yeah, and I was like, dude, you were watching it with (laughs) descriptive audio, and he's like, oh. That's hilarious. That's (laughs) That's, that's that's a story that he should keep to himself. Uh, (laughs) Number two, of course, Mike Young. Uh, Mike Young, uh, he's been making lemonade out of lemons this entire season, Um, and I I expect him to continue. He's an asset, and, and I'm still driving the Mike Young bandwagon. And finally, number one. Youth. This team is so young, and, and we forget about it, and I want to remind you each and every game, uh, they are so young. And, and hearing everyone say, tonight's such a big game. You know, uh, against Florida State, such a big game. It's such a big game. This is – Miami is such a big game. It is. But I also know that regardless of the outcome of tonight, this team will be better tomorrow than they are now. They are going to be improving at a rapid rate for the foreseeable future. I don't see an end to that because they are so young. Um, so, so youth is a huge, huge advantage for them. Um, because if, if a team with a bunch of seniors gets smacked by a, by a below average team, it's the end of the world. Cause it's like, eh, that's kind of what we are, right? That's our best iteration of ourselves. And we just got smacked by a below average team when you're super young and you lose a game like they did against Boston college, or like they probably will at some point for moving on in this year, you still get to say, yeah, but we'll be better tomorrow. Yeah, there's still so much room for us to improve, and that's nice to know. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk about that Virginia Tech basketball game tonight against Miami, the matchup for the Hokies next. Hokie fans start jumping. More of the Tim Donnelly Show is next on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show continuing on this Tuesday morning. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for starting your day with us on uh, on the Tim Donnelly Show. We're getting into a bit of a rhythm with this whole morning thing. Almost a month in uh, to, to waking up bright and early. 
And and again, and I, maybe I'm saying it too often, but I just want you guys to know how appreciative we are that that you start your mornings with us here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Hokie fans, obviously, seven to eight is the time where uh, you know we go wall to wall with Hokies and we cater to Hokie Nation. Um, but but we do appreciate everybody for stopping in and and starting their day or, or commuting with us here on the Tim Donnelly Show on the WRAD Radio Network. Um, Virginia Tech men's basketball tonight at Miami. Now, now it's funny in the NBA uh, when you look at s- certain players' statistics everywhere else versus when they play at Miami because uh, or when they have a night a day off the night before Miami because they will actually play worse in Miami, uh, likely because they're going out and hitting South Beach and having themselves a good time, and then that doesn't bode well for your performance in a basketball game. Now, I don't think that will happen with with Virginia Tech simply because I'm sure the coaches will have a tight grip on the team, particularly after Nolly and Radford missed the uh, the bus to shoot around for the Boston College game. But uh, that's not to say there aren't distractions down in Miami, right? Super Bowl week, uh, Miami being Miami, right? It was, it was kind of funny. Uh, John Laser, the voice of the Hokies, uh, posted a video of the team getting off the plane in Miami and and Jalen Cohn was still in a, a, a winter hat and and a nice thick jacket because uh, you know he got on the plane in Blacksburg or in Roanoke, Virginia, probably. Uh, so so you know Miami presents its own unique challenges as a team. They're ten and nine, two and seven in the ACC. Lost six of their last seven, including their last four, which may lead you to believe that they're not going to present much of a challenge. Um, but as we learned against Boston College for Virginia Tech. They can struggle against a team that has multiple perimeter threats like Boston College had, and that's exactly what Miami has. Chris Likes uh, averages 15.7 points per game. Uh, Vasilovich and, and Magusky, Magusty, excuse me, uh, each average 14-plus. So just on averages alone, there's essentially 45 points from three guys. That's, that's challenging on the perimeter. You mix in a couple of guys that, that fit in against one of the weaknesses of Virginia Tech, which would be size down low. Rodney Miller, seven feet tall, 255 pounds out of a, uh, a school here in Virginia. Not from Virginia, but he went to Oak Hill. Basketball powerhouse out of Mouth of Wilson that, that everybody's pretty familiar with. Uh, he averages 6.9 points, 5.7 rebounds, and .4 assists. And Sam Wardenberg, who is one of those guys that just feels like he's been at Miami forever already, uh, international prospect, 6'10", 216 pounds, 6 points, 6.5 rebounds to lead the team, and 1.2 assists. Those five guys are going to present challenges for Virginia Tech. Of those three perimeter players, Wabisabidi can only guard one at a time, which means the rest of the perimeter guys are going to have to, to step up and defend. Right, uh, Co- Coach Young has talked about how admirable it is that Beattie is simply taking on the best perimeter threat day in and day out, game in and game out. Uh, against a team like Miami, it's, it's, he can do that, and there's other perimeter guys that still need to be attended to, and, and that's where guys like Radford come into play, guys like Aline come into play, Couture, Cohn, they're going to have to step up and defend on the perimeter. And then Miller and Wardenberg are going to be a load for whoever is down low, whether it's P.J. Horn playing above his height, whether it is Landers Nolly playing more down low, or whether it is John Ogiaco off the bench. Whoever it is, those guys will be a load simply because they're gigantic. They are walking, talking giants in the flesh. Six foot ten, seven feet tall. 
Those are those are not small individuals, and they take up space down low. And Virginia Tech gives up space down low. So it is a bit of a, a you know a really good matchup for Miami. So so despite the fact that they're two and seven in the ACC, not one to be overlooked at all by the Virginia Tech Hokies. Not as if there are any to overlook, but this one especially is going to be tough for the Hokies down there in South Beach or in Coral Gables to be exact. Take a break when we come back. Time for Hashtag Hokies next. All right, this intro is too long. I was going to try to get to some thunders for you, but but uh, took too long. Tim Donnelly Show back here on there the talk. It is. We finally got to a thunder. Uh, <laughs> Tim Donnelly Show back on the talk of the New River Valley WRAD. That's got to be one of the best like hype songs ever, though. Like you play that in the arena, I feel like it's like. Well, if you have you twenty pumped. minutes. <laughs> we're not talking about we're talking about ACDC, not Tool. Tool Tool has some long songs. It's. it's Da, 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 da. Over and over again for <laughs> 20 minutes, and then by the time the timeout's over, you get one thunder. That is fair. Unless you, you, you need just, something like, quick, right you, you need dun dun sh, dun dun. Sh. You need something that that immediately gets everybody going. You, you can't be taking your time getting the Wind crowd up. amped. Everybody ready? Everybody get ready. Here it comes. It's come. No, get hold on. Get ready. It come. Here it comes. There's nothing worse than being in a car with a group full of people. And this happens to me all the time where like uh, you hit three or four songs that you know the lyrics to, right? Everybody. And you're having a little karaoke. Uh, oh, oh, I like that. You have a little karaoke session. Everybody's singing, right? Good vibes. Maybe it's a road trip. Maybe it's people you haven't seen in a while. You're having a good go of it. And then a song like that comes on next and you're like, yes, another good one. We all know these lyrics. We're going to have a fun time. And about five seconds before the actual lyrics start, you start. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, because you think it's Because you're going. like so amped and you're ready. And then, Thunder! <laughs> and everyone looks at you like, ha ha, I started too early. It's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah, you got to... Oh, I'm sorry. Or or this one's always fun, too. And you always feel like you have to explain yourself, even though everyone knows exactly what happened. You're, 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 you're doing the karaoke thing. Everyone's singing. And uh, you're listening to, to the radio. Yeah. And a song comes on that's not a song that you guys are going to sing. Right? So now you're, you're flipping through. You're going to the, the next station. And you come in in the middle of a song that's good. But you think it's a different verse. Right? So you hear the <laughs> chorus... And you start singing the wrong verse, and then you always feel like you have to explain yourself. Oh, I thought it was the other. I thought it was the other part of the song. I didn't. I didn't know that we had. I didn't know it was the third verse. I thought it was the second. It's like sure. And they're like, uh huh. I'm sure you know this song. Sure. It's like uh-huh. ah, I do. And then all the momentum is lost. Uh, let's jump into our favorite segment of Hokie Hour. Of course, it is called hashtag Hokies. Hashtag Hokies is real simple. We go deep into the underbelly of the internet. We find the the tweets on Twitter that start the conversations that we want to have. We drag them into the light. Um, today we're talking about one specific tweet, and it comes from Brett McMurphy, uh, college football insider for Stadium. Uh, he put out the Heisman odds. He went and found the you know the people that let you bet on the Heisman and found the Heisman odds. And obviously, the top of the top are the names you recognize. Forget those. We don't care about those. Move on, move on, move on. Trevor Lawrence, blah, 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 blah. 
And, his, and his nice hair. Just get out of here. Hendon Hooker is 100 to 1. The quarterback of Virginia Tech is 100 to 1 odds to, to win the Heisman. Now, 100 to 1, I mean, those are long odds, right? Those are. Yeah, they, I was going to say, why are we talking about this? They're not saying it, but it's, it's not that long when you think about it, right? If, if you look up, and I didn't count, but if you look at the tweet, there aren't that many players on the entire list. I'll bring it up for Lobo to see. You can um you can guesstimate how many n- names do you think that is. Hold on, got to get it. There we go. Uh how many names do you think that is? Oh, uh, maybe 80? No way. No way. I can actually tell you. It's 50 names. Oh. I didn't realize they were numbered on the side. It goes from 20201 to 20251. So it's Doesn't he have like a 1 in 50? If he's like on that list, or no, 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 that's not how betting odds work. Uh, uh, he, they're not saying these are the fifty guys. They're saying these are the guys that you can you can bet on, right? They're, they're saying these are the guys that um, you can go put ten dollars down, and if you win, you'll get a thousand back for Hendon Hooker, right? All the way up to the top where Justin Fields, the quarterback of Ohio State, Trevor Lawrence are four to one, right? I see it multiplies. Yeah, okay. you, you put ten dollars down on those guys, you win, you get forty back. Dang. Um, you put ten dollars down, but Hendon Hooker, um, you know there are quite a few people th- that. What, what are you laughing at? I just I was, I was trying to say dang, and like I went dang oh, by accident. Okay. Anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> I put out on Twitter a couple days ago, and this is where the hashtag Hokies element co- of it comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually done this a few times this off season, right? Where it seems like everything calms down for the Hokies, and I put out a tweet that just says. All right, what's the next conversation that is going to dominate this offseason? Right? And nobody's predicted it right yet, right? Nobody came out and said, I bet Coach Fuente interviews with Baylor. Nobody came out and said, I bet Damon Hazelton enters the transfer portal. But what many people have said is this spring, Braxton Burmeister is going to really turn some heads and have have a shot at being the starting quarterback. Braxton Burmeister had to sit out this past year due to transfer eligibility rules. Um, and is a former four-star Oregon commit that actually saw the field a few times for the Oregon Ducks. Um, so the quarterback situation, to me, isn't even quite completely solidified. right? Hendon Hooker this past year played great, and I believe he's earned the right to be in the starter's position. right? I believe he's earned the right to be at the top of the depth chart to get the first reps day one. But... Quincy Patterson played well. If Quincy Patterson has that that light switch moment where things ignite for him in the passing game, you can't rule him out. If Braxton Burmeister shows up and now that he is eligible is like, watch out, I got a, uh, I got something for y'all, then then they could take over. So what this is telling me is that is that Vegas thinks there's a decent chance that not only does Hendon Hooker uh, solidify his spot as the starter at Virginia Tech. But all of those predictions of maybe this is a little bit uh, up in the air still, maybe more unfounded than we originally believed. And on top of that, they're saying not only is Hendon Hooker going to hold off all challengers and be the starting quarterback, but he's going to have a pretty darn good season. So that's like the stuff you could take away from these betting odds then, like the morsels you can take away from it. Very much so, because Vegas moves in the interest of money. Right, they don't care about clicks, right? I talk about this often, uh, and we're about to hit this this portion of the the football calendar where you start talking about the draft, 
and guys like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and all the mock drafters uh, come out of the woodwork and suddenly are on Sports Center every single every single day talking about this recruit or this prospect, that prospect. Um, they're about clicks, right? They're a journalist. They're a, a a sports media entity like everybody else. So it would be foolish of them for their first mock draft, which I think has already come out, to be completely right, right? Because they're going to put out 10 mock drafts, let's say. And if number two is exactly like number one, why would anyone click on number two? And if number three was exactly like number two, why would anyone click on number three? So they intentionally move their boards. I am convinced, right? Uh, The fourth one will have, uh, you know, someone who's actually going to be drafted 17th as the number one overall pick. Yeah. So the headline will say, Oh my gosh, who jumped all the way uh, into the, not only in the top 15, but into the top one? Click here to see. And then their final mock draft will be real traditional, right? It'll be the best players at the top. Uh, like they do it that way. Vegas has no interest in that. They just want to like figure out how they can put like, you know, the, the, the money b- down. The best, uh, the best predictions they can have are the ways they make money. So if they were putting out a mock draft and they were saying, here are the odds on this guy to go number one. It has nothing to do with how many people click on the bet, right? They just want it to be as accurate as possible. Yeah, and you're and Vegas isn't going to put their money down on something they don't think is going to, you know, be what is that word profitable? Exactly. So, so if you look at this list, there's Justin Fields, there's Trevor Lawrence, there's Spencer Rattler who is expected to take over at Oklahoma. There's Sam Ellinger, Jamie Newman, all quarterbacks, right? The top five guys, all quarterbacks. Ian Book, Notre Dame, quarterback. Kidon Slovis, USC, quarterback. Miles Brennan, LSU, quarterback. Mac Jones, Alabama, quarterback. Bo Nix, Auburn, quarterback. To Eric King, Miami, quarterback. Adrian Martinez, Nebraska, quarterback. All of these guys, like the quarterbacks are the players that drive this. And if you look at this list, there are a bunch of them, you know, uh, and, and I could keep going. Quarterbacks that, that I'm reading. Uh, Sean Clifford, quarterbacks that I'm reading. Kellen Mond, quarterbacks that I'm reading. Uh, Brock Purdy, Kyle Trask, Sam Howell, Dylan McCaffrey, and I, I mean I, we could we could go on and on, um, but but the fact that Hendon Hooker is on this list means that he is expected to have a pretty darn good season. Above him in the order, there are just three ACC quarterbacks, just three. Trevor Lawrence, expected. Sam Howell, expected. To Eric King, expected. I mean, fourth best quarterback going into the uh, going into the season in the ACC by the people that put their money where their mouth is. Hendon Hooker has some some people that are confident in him behind the scenes in the college football world. That's what that tells me, and it's good news for the Hokies. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, Texas to VT. The movement continues. Stick around. Don't rush off. The Tim Donnelly Show will be right back on WRAD. Tim Donnelly Show back. Uh, Quickly, an update here. Um, I assumed that these two guys were going to play. Chris likes Cameron McGusty of Miami. It appeared like their their injuries were not going to keep him out. But according to Jim Laranega, Via John Rothstein, uh, college basketball insider, Likes and McGusty, both will be game time decisions for tonight's game against Virginia Tech. 
So needless to say, after all that talk I did about, you know, Wabisabidi can only guard one, two other perimeter defenders are going to have to stick up. Uh, if Likes and Mcgusty don't play, then Beattie could truly guard the the real only uh, prolific perimeter threat that Miami has, and uh, and it would be a completely different game. So so we'll see how that that injury decision plays out. But both of those guys will be game time decisions with Likes with a groin injury and Mcgusty with a back injury. Uh, that according to John Rothstein per Jim Laranega, um, Texas to VT. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Right, because it's 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 a point of contention slash attention, right? The Hokies during this past recruiting cycle got two late additions in Alec Bryant and Robert Wooten that tremendously boosted their recruiting class. Uh, Bryant ended up being the only four star in the class. Robert Wooten was one of the highest ranked three stars, um, and it, it, a lot of it was spearheaded seemingly by by Bo Davidson, who's a guy that. Uh, is now on the Virginia Tech staff, coached at the Katy High School, I believe, North Texas, right, has very, very deep Houston roots. Um, yesterday, and, and who knows if they're still there, both head coach Justin Fuente and defensive line coach Bill Tierlink were in Houston, uh, both checking up on, on guys like Alan, Alec Bryant, but I would assume stopping in at high schools, right? Now, this is... A situ- this is high risk, right? We're, we're not playing with with, with uh, training wheels on here, right? We're, we're high wire walking, and there's no net. This is high risk because, obviously, going to Texas is different than going to the 757. It's different than going to Richmond. It's different than going to North Carolina and Charlotte. It's different than going to the 703. It's different than going to, to more local recruiting hotbeds for Virginia Tech. Right, you can get to to Virginia Beach on a tank of gas. You know what I'm talking about? You can't get to Texas unless you're going into a plane. The price is different. You can go visit someone in, in Richmond and be back here to sleep in your own bed at night. Texas, you're probably going to be getting in a hotel. And and it's probably going to take more time, travel time. It's going to use more resources. So Virginia Tech is putting quite a bit of resources, money, time, effort, attention into Texas. Better get something. Better get something out of it, right? It's it's fishing and recruiting kind of go hand in hand, right? You're you're hunting for your trophy fish, but you also got to make sure you have enough to eat regardless, right? You sure you you would love to get the 250-pound tuna that, that could feed you for a week, right? That's the big four and five stars. But those are hard to find, right? So you need to make sure you get your, your, your mahi. You need to make sure you get some of your smaller fish so you can know that you'll eat at least tonight. So if the Hokies are going trophy hunting, right, if they're going big game fishing down there in Texas, they better catch something. They better catch something. Time and money are going into this. Time and money. If you're spending it, if 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 you're wasting it, if if you're you're actually that's the difference right there, right? If you if you get some big time recruits out of Texas, then you're spending time in Texas. If you're down in Texas and you don't get quality recruits to come back, 
then you're wasting time in Texas. And there are tremendously, tremendously, tremendously different inclinations and different inferences that come along with those two words. So Tierlink, Fuente, Davidson, whoever's going, taking their time and heading into Texas, don't make it for naught. Bring your A game. Close. ABC. Always be closing. You don't know that reference, do you, either? Ah, Alec Baldwin. Come on, man. ABC. Always be closing. I'm pretty sure it's Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. I haven't seen him in a long time. Um, uh, But the Texas to VT movement is either going to be something that becomes a huge, huge advantage for the Hokies, or it's going to become like a like a uh, a car that you have to keep putting stuff into and you can never drive it like a you know a rat rod when someone gets like a like a an awesome frame and they just spend all their time and money working on it in the garage but then they never ever can take it out because there's always something else wrong with it. Yep. It's either going to be that where they're just sinking time and money into something and not seeing the fruits of the labor, or it's going to be like a, a true restoration right where you spend time and money. And then eventually you get to go take out the 1957 T-Bird uh, down the highway and everyone goes, oh, look at this guy. That's it. That's the metaphor right there. That's it. It's a car. If they get it out on the road, meaning they bring recruits home, Texas to VT is awesome. If they don't, you just have a really expensive, really time-consuming hunk of, of garbage in the, uh, in the garage out there. So Texas to VT... We'll see how it goes. Make it happen, coaches. Take a break when we come back. Top five to start the next hour. Stick around. Stick around.